Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello. And welcome to the Master in Pursuit podcast, the niche and rustic podcast that brings you a variety of things. It brings you recovery rambles where I run easy around the forest, talking about something that's on my mind. It brings you conversations with some elite athletes as part of our scheme to invest in the underfunded British elite marathon runners. And it brings you workouts where I record a session on the run where you can download it and run along with me as if I'm there with you. And today, on Monday the 21st of February, that's what we got, we got a workout. We got a progression run today with a bit of a twist. We're gonna be doing that in a mindful way. So we're gonna be doing a mindful progression or a progressive mindfulness run, depending on your preference. 30 minutes, and we'll get into that in a short while and explain what we're going to do and how it all works. But before that, as we just warm up, and jogging along in the slightly grey morning, still breezy, this is the third storm, storm beginning with F, not sure of its name, so it's still breezy, but we're jogging along. I just want to talk about a couple of other things while we, while we warm up, keeping the pace super easy. So this comes to you off the back of half turn, the classic rhythm breaker that is half turn for anyone with school aged children. Just five or six weeks after the Christmas holidays. And another five or six weeks before the Easter holidays. And rhythm breakers in our training happen all the time so we can get ourselves into a good rhythm for a few weeks and then something will happen like a illness, a bit of a niggle or a half term holiday and my, my rhythm was oh, tree about to land on my head my rhythm was broken last week by that half term but also not feeling brilliant I haven't been feeling great for a week or two slightly under the weather so I decided to give myself a few days off. A few days off the running and a few days off the work as well. Went to Norfolk and enjoyed some windy walks on the beach before we came home in the middle of the storm. Well, just before the storm actually, but it was, yeah, it was a fun drive back from Norfolk to the forest where we made it. All good, so I've got through half term and the rhythm breakers, I'm back on it now. Let's see how we go. I'm heading around the forest, lots of trees down. After Eunice attacked them on Friday. And of course Friday was fun because there was it's one of those big events, isn't it? A storm that affects the south, affects London in particular, gets talked about more. Twitter was alive to the 
to the big jet TV. The commentary of the landing of the planes at Heathrow in difficult conditions. And it shows me the good and the bad of Twitter. So the good of the sharing and the, the kind of community, companionship, sense of fun, enjoying Jerry, Jerry's moment in the, in the sun as he was getting more, more views to his real-time commentary on aeroplanes landing at Heathrow. But then he quickly, there was quickly a reminder of the bad. Which is people then saying, oh, but what about the people on the planes? We're laughing at their misery. And stories of people phoning home from the plane saying their goodbyes and, and stuff. And you think, okay, but doesn't that miss the point a little bit that when we were watching the planes land we were celebrating with the with the people on the planes no one was watching it thinking all those people on the planes crapping themselves were they no one was thinking that surely surely we were all thinking wow that's that looks pretty scary that doesn't look like much fun Kudos to the pilots for landing these massive beasts from the sky. Kudos to Jerry for providing a couple of hours of entertainment. If you've got no idea what I'm talking about, look up Big Jet TV and see what you get. But anyway, the good and the bad of the fantastic world that is Twitter. I can feel a recovery ramble coming on. Let's see, here we go. I've got a fallen tree on my path now. Got to hurdle this. There we go. But the other news this weekend, in a subject close to our hearts, is the Seville Marathon in seemingly much better weather conditions. Always a good early spring marathon, but perhaps a little bit more popular this year with the absence of, amongst the Brits this is, a bit more popular with the absence of the London Marathon, but also because of the proximity of the late spring marathons towards the championship races in the summer. The European Championships, the Commonwealth Games and the World Championships. So perhaps people with aspiration to run a qualifying time for those events were looking towards an early spring marathon, a winter marathon really, and headed to Seville. And there were some amazing performances. We'll talk about our man Josh Griffiths in a little while, but let's talk about the women first. Because in the latest monthly milestone which is the newsletter that we send out we gave wrote a little bit of an update on the health of British elite marathoning and on the women's side we hypothesised that standards 
are definitely improving, notwithstanding the shoes. So the shoes have obviously improved standards on a global basis. But it looks like UK athletes are performing ahead of that. So standards are improving irrespective of the shoes. And so they would seem to have proven at the weekend. Because one of the things I wrote about in that newsletter was that now, since the days of Paula Reckler from Mari Yamauchi in the early 2000s, only one other person before 2019 had broken 2.28. That was Claire Hallisey. But since 2019, four women up until this weekend, and now five, have gone under 2.28. That's Jessica Piasecki, Charlotte Perdue, Steph Twelve, Steph Davis, and now Rose Harvey, which we'll talk about in a sec. And then this weekend, we saw Jess Piasecki jump up the all-time rankings. Although we have to recognise the role of the shoes in all-time rankings now. But nonetheless, 2.22.25 is a globally competitive performance. Brilliant. Well done, Jess Piasecki. Amazing stuff. A world championship qualifying standard, which is actually 229.30. It's a long way south of that, which gives you an indication of how good it is. But she wasn't alone from the British, and she's fifth in the race, which again is brilliant when I look at the global rankings that are dominated by East African athletes coming fifth in a big international marathon is not to be sniffed at. Well done, Jess Piasecki. But like I said, she wasn't alone. Rose Harvey. She ran 2.27 to also come comfortably underneath the World Cup Championships qualifying standard. So there are now three women who have run the time in the qualifying period. Those two and Charlotte Pergy, who ran 2.23 at London in October. So that's three women who've run under two 28 in the space of five months with only one having done it in a kind of 20 year period or maybe 15 year period from the early 2000s to 2019 standards going in the right direction interestingly Steph Davis also ran Steph who ran 227 the Kew Gardens Olympic trials race. It wasn't her day. Finished in 2.37. Which also goes to show that it's not just about shoes. It's not just about PBs. There's a, there are bad days. 
There are bad days in there for everyone. It can happen in the marathon, which is why it's all the more impressive when it goes well, and when it goes well on a consistent basis. Now the shoes, as I said before, they're a big factor, but particularly on the women's side, I really think competitiveness is also highly significant. The fact that they are all leapfrogging one another to get closer and closer to Paula Reckless times, Mariana Uchi's times. But not just that, they're trying to beat each other, obviously. So a real, a really strong sense of competitiveness, which I think is improving the standards quite dramatically. And waiting in the wings is Ailish McColgan, who ran a 66-minute half marathon to take Paula Radcliffe's British record at the Rack Half Marathon in the UAE. So that was on Saturday. So you piece all that together and you go, wow. Something's happening, something's moving. They're all moving. Great to see. Now on the men's side, I mentioned consistency, and in a recent podcast with Josh, we talked about his consistency and the fact he was the fifth, sorry, we talked about the fact he's the only British athlete to feature in the top 10 UK marathon rankings for each of the last five years. And I fear that he's just added a sixth year to that with his performance yesterday, which was an amazing 2.11.27, which earns him a World Championships qualifier. And the beautiful thing about that run, when you look at it, is the splits. So Josh, so consistent all the way and brought it home inside the qualifying standard. So that makes him the only British athlete with the World Championships qualifying standard as it stands. But let's watch this space. Watch this space on that one. But here, he was also not alone. His Welsh teammate Andy Davis ran a PB past the age of 40 in 2.14 something or other. Sorry Andy, I don't know the exact number. So another great performance. Commonwealth Games qualifier. But here's the rub of it on the men's side. So Jess was fifth in her race. Josh with 2.11.27 was 31st. Two oh six, I think, was the winning time. Two oh five, and it was full of East Africans, as you can imagine, but also some other European athletes. So we know it can be done, but competing with East Africans is so difficult. Which is why, and the reasons why it's so hard to be a marathon runner because it's so hard to get prize money, appearance money, access to sponsorship, endorsement, when you come 31st. 
in a race like that. Not to take anything away from Josh, of course. He, he can only do what he can do, which he does brilliantly well. And it's a massive step forward for him, over a minute and a half off his PB. And that's brilliant. In his 10th marathon. But it is hard to compete at that global level. But fair play. And in suitably Josh understated fashion, he posted a picture of himself with his thumb up. Not two, just one. Thumbs up from Josh for 2.11.27. Great work. And a little bit further down the field, we had a couple of athletes running. Slightly older, older, older athletes. Proving that age is no barrier. Good work. David Warwick in his late 40s, let's be kind, ran 2.57, big PB, good work David, and Emanuela, who at the age of 53 and change, ran 3.15, for a PB, good work, she is a force. Great run. Now, just before we get into our session, one last thing from me. Full serious business begins. And that is a request. So the Niche and Rustic podcast that I think is improving, but I don't really know. You can tell me otherwise. What do you think? Is there things you'd like to hear more of? Things you'd like to hear less of? Things you think could be better? Let me know. Contact me at steve at themilestonepursuit.com The Milestone Pursuit being all one word. Fire me an email. Let me know what you think, but there's no obligation, obviously. Entirely up to you. Or just enjoy it for what it is. Right, enough of that, should we get into it? You hear the wind, it's breezy isn't it? Now we're just going to get into the progression run shortly. But let's just quickly talk about the benefits of a progression run. What we're trying to do today, what's the purpose of it? Well I always think a progression run is a really good really good run to put in the plan as you're returning from injury not straight away obviously but once you start feeling ready to do something a little bit more meaningful than those easy runs the restoring your confidence in your body's ability to keep moving as I splash through a puddle right they're just a good way of assessing where you are putting a little bit of work in seeing how it goes so that's one way you could use it but they're also really good for 
changing the muscle fiber recruitment for a run. So as you increase your pace, you recruit different muscle fibers throughout. You also access different parts of your energy system, giving everything a little go, knowing that you use all parts of your energy system for any run, but this one uses different parts in different proportions at different stages. Obviously the faster you go, the more you're leaning in to your carbohydrate reserves and the slower you go, the more you're utilising fat as an energy source. But they are also good for pacing. Now while there were some good performances in Seville at the weekend, you also see see some people crash, some detonations, which often come from poor pacing. Sometimes the conditions work against you if it's getting warmer as the day goes on, as most days tend to. But often it's about pacing and getting off a bit too quick and leaving yourself empty of those all-important carbohydrate reserves later on. So it's important to learn how to pace and to move through paces through a run. So a progression run does that nicely. And then of course, the way we're going to do it today in a mindful manner, is this is going to be a bit of therapy and a bit of focus as well. So all good. Now the how, so that's, that's the what, that's what, what we're doing. The how is to hold back how to run a successful progression run is to keep it super easy to start with. It sounds really obvious. You've got to leave yourself somewhere to go. And often if you're doing this outside of this recording, but also if you're doing it without mindfulness, it's always good to think about as you're going, how much can I sustain this pace for? That's a good mindset to have and we will use that towards the end of this one. And today we're going to focus on those physical cues through the use of mindfulness. So the mindfulness technique that I've used before, it really does play into where mindfulness comes from and this is of course the origins of this podcast, is the sense that while we're running we're not thinking about what's happened before or what's to come. We're focusing purely on the now. Placing our anxieties and our worries at the door. Placing our losses at the door. And we're focusing entirely on our running and how we feel. So we're going to switch into different parts of our body as we run. We're going to link them to our brain and we're going to try and relax. But we're also going to pick up the pace. So every five minutes or so, we're going to lift it and we'll change the cue each time. So, we've been chatting enough now. Let's get into it, shall we? 30 minutes, keeping the pace super easy for the first five. 
and we're going to go in three, two, one, go. So for the first five minutes, we are simply going to focus on the head and the shoulders. And we're going to get our head up, looking forward, so keeping the pace dead slow, really chill. To get your head up and look. Now you might be able to hear the wind, so I'm looking up to make sure a slightly damaged tree from Storm Eunice doesn't get blown over onto my head. But otherwise, get your head up and look around you. Take in your environment, see what you can see. See what you can see that you perhaps don't always see. Got a terrible habit as runners of looking at our feet and where they're going to land. Let's get our head up. Keeping the pace super easy. And of course as we do that we're getting our head up. We're opening up our airways a little bit. So chin to chest constricts our airways, making it harder to breathe. Head up, chin up, makes it easier. Keep the pace really easy. And as you do so, let's relax the shoulders now. shoulders away from the ears, perhaps you've been sitting at the computer, hunched over your mobile phone, twittering away, watching Big Jet TV. Relax those shoulders away from the ears. Release the tension in your hands. maybe 20-30 metres maybe more if you want but don't focus on getting to those points just concentrate on how you feel right now how are your shoulders feeling how relaxed are you feeling how are your hands
relax especially if you like me you're going uphill Shoulders relaxed, open up the hands, keep them relaxed too. And we're going to move into our second five minutes. First of all, we're just going to lift the pace. So if that was super easy, this is easy. Or easy plus one. Just a little nudge up in pace. Still keeping it really relaxed. Head forward, shoulders relaxed. Hands open. And this time for the next five minutes we're going to think about our feet. And we're going to connect those to our brain. And we're just going to consciously process what we think is happening in our feet. Don't often think about our feet when we're running. We usually think about our breath, our lungs, our legs. But there's a lot going on in the feet. So first of all, let's think about how your feet are landing. Are you landing on your heels, perhaps stretching out in front of you? Or are you landing on your forefoot, the balls of your feet, or your toes perhaps? You don't need to change anything, just be conscious of what you think is happening. Connect yourself from brain to your feet. And then, related to that, think about where your feet might be landing in relation to the rest of you. So your feet landing underneath your centre of mass, underneath your knee, or do you think your feet are reaching out in front of you with big long strides, trying to eat up the ground in front of you? Hopefully not this nice easy pace. We're just trying to keep it chilled. But often we can make the mistake of thinking to run faster or to get there quicker. We need to increase our stride, increase the length of our stride, reaching out in front of us, landing with our feet in front of our body, which increases the amount of contact time with the ground.
and it reduces our efficiency because it spreads off force and power into the ground rather than creating momentum and propulsion. And a good way of thinking about this and analysing where your feet are is whether you can see them or not. So as you're running with your head up, can you see your feet? If you can, you are either looking down or your stride is too long. neither of what we would really like to see and then as we progress with our feet let's think about where the power is coming from as we push off so is all, our, all of our power coming from the inside of our feet as we push off from the outside from your big toe your second toe your outside toes where is it coming from and also, which foot is coming from both? And sometimes we have biases towards one or the other. What can you feel? Keep it easy. Nice and relaxed, head forwards, shoulders relaxed, hands open. Be conscious about your feet. And we're going to move into talking about our hips. So we've been at the top, and down to the bottom, and now we're in the middle. So with our hips, again, let's tune into what's going on for us. How do your hips feel? Do they feel strong and tall, pushing you forwards through the pelvis? Or does everything feel a little saggy, a little behind you? a little down and a good way to think about this is when you're running imagine that you've got somebody who's put a rope to one of your belt loops or around your waist and they're trying to pull you back tug of war style, so trying to pull you back and down, pulling your bum behind you, preventing your hips from moving forwards. And we're trying to counteract that by pushing our hips up and forwards, creating length through our legs. So think about where your hips are think about if you can get them higher, taller, 
happens. If we can do that, what we're then doing is creating height, which supported by head being up, creates length through the spine, where we're creating height in our hips, which lengthens our legs and creates more power. And it does that by utilising spring in our muscles. So if you make you make the assumption that your muscles are like a like a spring and they go between our joints, so they go between our hips and our knees and our knees and our ankles. The longer you can make them just before you push off, the more power you'll get forwards. So the longer you bring, you stretch the string, the longer you stretch the spring, the more it pings you forwards as you release it. It's like an elastic band. And that comes from hip height. So get some height going through your hips, pushing them up and forwards as you run. Not always easy to do, but something to think about. And of course we picked up the pace in this five minutes a little bit, so that's helping. And as we go with higher hips, our head is up. What's now happening with our feet? Let's check back in on our feet. particular think about your contact time with the ground. If you sink with your hips behind you, it's likely that your contact time with the ground is going to be higher. If your hips are up and you've got length in your legs, everything's further away from the ground, including your feet. which gives you a better chance of managing a good relationship with the ground. One where you're using it enough to generate some force and some propulsion, but not so much that it absorbs all of your energy. Alright, how are we doing? We're 15 minutes in. So we're just going to lift the pace a little bit more now. We're going to become runners. They're not easy anymore, we're just starting to run, but nor is it really challenging, still a long way to go. You can call this steady, you can call this running, but still think, I've got 15 more minutes of this, what can I sustain? And as we do that, we're going to shift into a focus on our breathing. keep our head forwards and up, we're going to keep our arms and shoulders relaxed, we're going to keep our hips high, we're going to reduce the contact time with the ground, but we're also going to think about our breathing. And I think it's very easy for most of us to overthink our breathing, 
things like breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, or breathe every two or three steps. Now, if you're Josh or Charlotte, that may well be something you want to think about. But if you're most of the rest of us, our body will take care of its breathing patterns for you. It's not to say we can't be conscious about it. Because we will be. But it's about making it work for you. So if you can't get enough air through your nostrils by breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth, then do what you need to do. Breathe through your mouth and use it. circulating anyway but be conscious of what you're doing so make a note in your mind while you're breathing through your nose or through your mouth and how heavily are you breathing currently you've taken the pace up just a little bit what change has that made to your breathing And are we breathing big deep breaths or small shallow ones? And as it gets increasingly harder through the session, we're going to be taking bigger, deeper breaths from deep down in your belly, Pilates or yoga style. Let's force our stomach to our back, to our spine, as we take big deep breaths in, rather than so forcing everything back, rather than raising your chest up and down. Control that breathing. Big deep breaths, moving your stomach back to your spine. Giving the abs a little bit of a workout as well. Keeping everything relaxed, head looking forwards, nice and relaxed, shoulders relaxed, hands relaxed. We are running, but we're still relaxed. Breathing relaxed. Okay, moving through again. So we're going to pick it up ever so slightly. So we're going to the fast end of steady now. Getting closer to comfortably hard. With 10 minutes of the session remaining. 
or you can ask yourself how fast do I think I could sustain for 10 more minutes and in this little block of five we're going to focus on our knees we're going to focus on the position of our knees and again let's just switch in to what you think is happening with your knees do you think you are driving them forwards and up or are they dropping across you moving across your centre line and this is important because anything that is moving in a lateral direction so sideways inwards or outwards is making it harder for you to move forwards any lateral knee movement is working against us <laughs> but extremely common particularly among people who sit down a lot which is most of us so just for this five minutes or what's left of it we're going to think about as we pick up the pace we're going to think about our knees and driving them through now a telltale sign is they might be knocking against each other as you run let's avoid that it's a bit daylight between the knees let's drive them forwards I'm going to say to help that the cue we're going to use is we're smashing a pane of glass in front of us with our knees so it's not a sideways glancing blow we're smashing it with force with every stride that we take someone's putting a new pane of glass down in front of us for every stride that we take and we're smashing through it with our knees we're starting to lift the pace Keeping everything else relaxed. Breathing from deep. Let's smash a pane of glass with your knees. And now be conscious what that's doing elsewhere. happening with your feet as you smash that pane of glass keep your head up nice and relaxed
over five minutes to go before we get into our next queue and our last queue ask yourself what can you sustain pace wise for the last part of the run keep driving those knees forwards the last five minutes now what can you sustain let's lift it come on through comfortably hard and we're going to focus on our heels for the last five minutes through the car park Got one road to cross which is clear we're going to lift our heels for the final four minutes what have you got left lift those heels drive the knees through lifting the heels is a really good cue for running fast it's not necessarily about putting more effort in although it is that too it's also about lifting the heels, creating more force, more momentum. So when you think of running faster, don't think, oh, I've got to put more effort in, I've got to break my stride longer. Think, I've got to lift my heels. got three minutes let's lift the pace again what can you sustain for final three minutes heels up knees up deep breaths shoulders good work keep driving these forwards now got less than two minutes what can you sustain for two minutes hurdle a tree falling on we go 
keep those heels high, come on. Drive the knees through. Last 90 seconds. Keep working. Big, big deep breaths. And you've got 60 seconds now. I'm going right into the wind. But it's downhill. I'm getting some good speed now. Well done, keep going. Get the heels up. Come on. Knees through. Get the hips high. Give yourself some height. Last 20 seconds. Everything now. What can you sustain? Give it a go. Last 10. We've all got 10 seconds worth in us, come on. And hold it there. Good work. Slow to a walk. Your progression is over. So a great workout. Nice and easy, really focused on our, on our, on our body. Connecting our body to our brain. Switching off from what's going on around us in terms of the outside world. Focusing on what's going on inside and what we can see. And a bit of effort at the end. Brilliant. Like I say, let me know if you've got any ideas of how to make this niche and rustic podcast less niche and less rustic or certainly less rustic I think it'll always be niche but I hope you enjoyed it thanks for bearing with me all the way through and I look forward to speaking to you again very soon recover well enjoy the rest of your day take care 